So we've got an interesting debate in this episode. We're going to be debating fashion, of all things. Yeah, I do sometimes debate fashion, even though I look disheveled half the time. Um, and that's because questions of art and fashion are philosophically interesting to me, even if I'm not exactly a walking model with interesting labels. In this case, even if you paid me, I wouldn't wear this particular item that we are going to be debating. It is something that you must Google right now. So put this podcast episode on pause so that you can Google the image if you're not familiar with it, because you have to see it before you listen to the rest of the podcast. Balenciaga, distressed Paris sneaker limited edition. <laughs> so it's a sneaker limited edition and more like homeless sh chic uh, by Balenciaga. Um, so just Google something like that, and um, I want you to have a look at that image, and then come back and continue enjoying the podcast. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKaiser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're going to hear a lot of law, politics and ethics, how they intersect and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans. When people saw their children must know these are sellouts. They put saliva on the paper. Mr. Julius Malema whispered and said, sing it, sing it. And then they shared that zone. No, I'm not going to apologize. apologize. Can I have my iPad, please? So they stole it. Okay, welcome back now that you've Googled the image. My two guests for this conversation, I'll frame it in a second. I just want to introduce them first. Um, Vanita, of course, has been on radio and podcasting with me many, many times. And every time she is on, it's a riot, literally and figuratively. We have great fun, but also you absolutely love her work and rightly so. She, of course, does incredible work, particularly in the space of gender justice. Um, but more broadly, other questions of social justice that necessarily intersect with questions of gender. Vanita, welcome back. It's lovely having you back on the platform. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's always fun to be back here. Um, I love shooting the breeze with you. Um, and I think we'll be on the same page with regards to this podcast. <laughs> well, we'll see how where exactly we get. Someone who's new to the podcast, um, a friend of mine, Mikhail Brown, who also writes for Arena Holdings occasionally, has now written a couple of pieces. And in fact, it's his latest piece that is the basis of today's discussion. And if you want to Google the article itself, you could Google, is this trash or is it art? Mikhail Brown. This is an article that appeared in the Sunday Times on the 19th of June. And he raises some fascinating questions in it about this particular sneaker that I've just um, asked you to go and have a look at um, that is the basis of our conversation. Mikhail, I thoroughly enjoyed your your article. I thought it was really interesting trying to understand the designer, 
who came up with this sneaker, but also raising some fascinating questions that are ripe for debate. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Eusebius. Very grateful for asking me to be on the on the show. Yeah, let's get into it. So I had a dilemma last night. I'm, I produce, I co-produce my show. And, you know, you want your, your guests to think deeply beforehand so that there's quality content and you as my listener can come back. Um, and at the same time, sometimes you want spontaneous engagement deliberately as a as a production choice because you want someone's unreflective viewpoint and so with Vanita who hadn't read the article and seen the techie I said to her I'm going to compromise I want you to think about the issues overnight because I want great content that makes my listeners think but at the same time I do need your immediate reaction when you have a look at the sneaker that I want to talk about and because she trusts me, she said yes before she'd seen the sneaker. Because I would have thought to myself, why the hell do you want me to come and talk about techies? So she did, and I said to her, please record your immediate reaction as you are looking at it. And um, it is exactly what I thought it would be. Mikhail, this is, this is how Vanita responded as she was looking at, yes. <laughs> at the sneaker last night. No, man, this is shit, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to have to look and re-look at this bloody shoe. (laughs) 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 No, man. (laughs) Hi, Bo. No. I feel like I'm an old person now. This is not fashion. (laughs) Mr. Fox is gonna... Okay, no, I definitely want to be on the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So I sent her, I said to her, no, it's serious. It's supposed to be not only fashion, it's also limited edition. Wait, seriously, are people selling this? Like, are people paying for this? <laughs> <laughs> Vanita, I'm going to start with you. I love that. I mean, and also don't, don't like wait for me to cue your name, Mikhail. Let's just all jump in and have a conversation. Why was that your reaction? And now that you've read Mikhail's very earnest attempt to rethink his own response to, to, to that homeless, um, design, um, 12 hours later, do you think that, that this is art? <laughs> Um, look, I will be the first person to admit that I know nothing about art. Um, but I would, I will say this, I do what, I mean, obviously I saw the, I saw the picture first <laughs> and you heard my response. I then went and read Mikhail's article and then read a few other articles as well. Um, and I, I see what, what, what was sort of being tied. Um, But I think also because one of the things that I do, I work with people who live and work on the street. And it, it, I mean, the, the, the laugh react obviously was my first response. And then when I started applying my mind, you know, there were quite a few things that, that came up for me. And the first, the first thing that was problematic for me, even though, um, based on the article that Mikhail wrote, there was an attempt to explain the designers' thought processes that went into it. Um, it just smacked of poverty porn. It 
it kind of made me think of those CEO sleepouts. Um, and and that was that was my very very you know sort of secondary response. Mm. Um, I saw what um, what is what are they called? Gosh, the NGO that is also in inverted commas selling actual shoes that were worn by um, people who live on the street. Um, Salvation Army, yeah, that's yes. what they called. Um, and I thought that probably would have been something that I would subscribe to more so than this kind of fashion house bringing out this item and charging people the equivalent of yeah. 50,000 rand for a hashtag limited edition. Um, would you so, buy yeah, it as a piece of fashion if you had, if you won the lottery and you could afford to pay that much for a pair of sneakers? Would you buy it, Infinita? I would not. Um, but it's simply also because honestly, I don't give a rat's ass about things. So, for instance, I wouldn't buy a Louis Vuitton bag for 60,000 rand simply because I'm always throwing my stuff on the floor, kicking it around. And I wouldn't want to be so caught up in the idea of saving a piece of article or, or functional yeah, thing but, that but I But you've need. seen the design. It's not like you can get it dirty. Yes, I know. But, like, what? what is the risk? What, what am I wearing with these shoes? <laughs> Mikhail, I want to bring you in here. Um, there, are, there are obviously lots of questions, Mikhail, but what, what, is, what do you say to what some of Vanita has said? Um, Look here, fashion, fashion is always and will always be something that is entirely down to the individual. Um, you kind of, you wear what you want to wear. I always believe that people should wear what they want to wear. Um, but yeah, the, the sneaker itself is a hard sell. Um, it, it just really is. It's, it looks like it's been through the ringer. It looks like a homeless person's shoes. Um, and I think that's obviously the point. Yeah. You know, you don't put sneakers like that. Never mind sneakers that cost like a thousand five hundred dollars plus, um, unless there's like a point to be made. Mm. Um, there's a kind of tapered mm. down, less dramatic version. Um, for I think like close to six hundred dollars mm. or whatever the case may be. That's just like the normal all-star, you know, silhouette, the normal all-star kind of shape. So. I think yeah. my article, as much as I said hype beast in the article, hype is attached to a clothing item. I think I also, maybe as a writer, fell into the into into right into the trap as well because I had to look for the message, and there was obviously a message to be found. That you know, um, what is the message? That he's a, he's he's a product of of war. You know, the he's a product of poverty. Uh, the designer Demna Vasalia, he's a Georgian designer. He's from Eastern Europe. He left the the war in Georgia um, to go study fashion at CSM. I mean, not at CSM. I think at Royal Antwerp Academy. Um, mm. And so he's a product of war. They they collection. I think two collections ago had models walking literally in a blizzard, um, and that was mm. right in the midst of the the the, the Ukraine and Russia conflict. So. Yeah. Um, this guy is very uh, heartfelt about, especially conflict in Eastern Europe, um, and the and the and the consequences of war in and conflict in Eastern Europe. I possibly, Mikhail, found that one of the more 
probably the most interesting part of your piece because the other issues, you know how passionate I am about them as philosophical questions. But this biographical question is an interesting one, right? Because we can debate the political and the philosophical stuff. Is it gross? Is it callous? Is it poverty porn? Um, and then there's a separate question, which has nothing to do with the political questions. It's just a question of how did this come about? What inspires the writing? What inspires the artwork? What inspires the design? And, and that made me wonder, Vanita, I would want to bring you back in here, whether you are uncomfortable um, at all, particularly as someone who works with people on the margins of society, when someone escapes that trap of poverty, war, homelessness, should they not be allowed to tap into their own authentic past? Um, or do you still see it as appropriating the struggles of those who are left behind, even if they come from their community? This is a a difficult one for me, and that's what I was I was actually struggling with because having read the the designer's history then and the perspective where they were coming from, I I had a bit more empathy in terms of the the shoe itself. What I struggle with is the 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 and maybe it's because I'm not a fashion fashion person. I struggle with the medium being used. And so, for instance, for somebody like me, who is not into into the fashion industry as a whole, when I first saw that shoe, I had that reaction, right? Which then meant I had to basically dig down into who was the designer, why would they do this, and do the kind of work. And so when you require yes. people to do that kind of work to understand your 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 message, um, I'm I'm not sure if that is the right way to go because not many people will. And and are you we have to look at the effectiveness of the message because who are you speaking to? Who's the audience that's actually getting this message? And what is the the impact of that message? So, like I said, I would I would have done something with um, with the Salvation Army approach because for mm. me that would have th- that had more of a punch than a uh, fashion house distributing this this, this kind of yeah. kind of piece. Because what Vanita is saying is interesting. I want you to engage that a little bit. I mean, the the telling the story of the designer is tear-inducingly beautiful, but rich kids who buy this, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, like um, I, look here. Um, the 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 actual sneaker itself. Number one, let's just get this out the way. I'm not a big fan. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's ugly. It's, it's not it's not just ugly. It's overdone. It's another reiteration of the all star shoe, which has just been done to death. So for mm. me, it's not even ugly. Ugly is subjective, but it's just overdone. It's boring, mm. um, in my opinion. But um, I just to I'm I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna go back to Vinita's thing because I think it ties in um quite 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 nicely. I was having a conversation um with my friend about the shoe recently. And we compared it to basically look at Demna. We know his background, especially fashion people. We know his background. We know where he comes from, blah, 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 blah. But he's been at the helm of Balenciaga for over five years now. 
you, you are not escaping, you know, the clutches of tyranny anymore. You live in Paris. Um, you yeah. know, it's almost, we made the comparison. It's almost if Jay-Z released an album today about selling crack. It's like, you haven't sold crack in like 20 years. You are like touching a bully. Um, you, you need to tell us about Picasso yeah. and you need to tell us about yachts and stuff like that and love and your children. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think like, like Vanita said, the medium wasn't, maybe not, I don't, I don't want to say appropriate, but it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. For 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 mm. someone of his stature, I think that the doing a collaborate a high fashion brand like Balenciaga doing a collaboration with Salvation Army, mm. that is like that's for me groundbreaking. That's something that genuinely pushes pushes the conversation forward and maybe doesn't just you know induce a grimace or a laugh from people who don't want sure. to understand the shoe. Never mind, you know what I mean. Just come across it in general, but I just don't think it's very. Um, I don't just. I just don't think it's very relevant what he did. You know, um, that's kind of interesting because as much as I think the shoe is ugly and I wouldn't buy it, just on aesthetic grounds, not even political grounds. I think, ironically enough, your article disproves what you've just said, and I'm thinking aloud here, in the sense that your article digs and digs and digs. There's philosophers in your article. They're framing questions at the beginning that I really, really like. And so maybe you're an outlier in terms of how you approach this as an individual with a, with a deep interest in these issues. Obviously, the average buyer wouldn't do that. Um, but I'll read the first paragraph from your, from your article. It reads as follows. Where does the distinction between visionary artwork and crass outrage marketing lie? If a piece is received as trash by the consumer, then is it trash? What if the consumer is wrong? Can the consumer be wrong? Now, for me, that those are really deep and interesting questions. They are classic questions. But the sneaker gives us an opportunity to ask those questions again. Now, whether that was part of the intention or not, whether we just happen to be clever blacks that are asking nice questions, regardless of the intention of the designer. I mean, in a, in a way, here we are. We, we're putting together a podcast discussion about some really interesting questions about the politics of clothes and appropriation of narrative. So, you know, something has been achieved with, with the sneaker. And like any good artwork, it takes on a life of its own outside of what the intentions of the artist is. And that's the conversation I want us to have. I want us to just tackle two or three of those classic questions that are nicely raised and lifted to the surface by your article, Mikhail. The first is the question of, of, of art. You keep talking about art in your piece. Can a piece of footwear be classified as art? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, I, I also asked later in the article, um, does, does, does art have to be impractical for it to even be art? And I think yes. that's completely rubbish. Yes. Um, I use the example of the pyramids of Giza being, being, I mean, they are obviously pieces of art. They are beautiful. They are breathtaking. They are emotion emotion kind of like stirring but they are crypts those are graveyards those are um the resting places for kings and that's the practical function of it they were made solely for that purpose but you can't tell me if you're gonna go and look at the pyramids that that and say that that is an art because they are resting grounds for 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 dead people um i i you know <laughs> what i mean um i i went to i traveled in in 2017 
and the first kind of um, contact I made with this new Balenciaga, um, Demna's Balenciaga, he he released this sneaker called the Triple S, and it was, I mean, the quick the quick draw answer would be it's a monstrosity of a of a shoe. It's huge. It's clunky. It's chunky. It's you know like kind of hectic looking. But that shoe changed my life. That shoe um, set me on a new life path. Um, and just because mm. I can wear it to festivals and to lunch and stuff like that doesn't mean that it touched me in a way um, because of its beauty that that I can look at it as art. Um, yeah. I mean, you see lots of contemporary art, artists. Um, I can't remember the, the name of the guy, but I mean, he put a urinal in the gallery and he called it art. Um, and yeah. that's, that's just that. I think that um, practicality doesn't have to be at the forefront um, of something being disproved as art. It is a complicated art. question. I, I, I summarized Mikhail's article to my partner, Tunduduza Veneta, and um, <laughs> he responded exactly the same way as you. And they said, this is not art. Um, there was one of his concerns. I mean, your response is partly aesthetic and about ridiculous capitalism behind it and of course political his was also a definitional response and he said basically this car whatever this is besides the aesthetics this is not art it is too functional to be art and he almost rolled his eyes when i asked him a follow-up question because i think he thought i was going into philosophy seminar mode i said to him what is art but but it is relevant though because we often think of art as something that must be not functional, firstly, as Mikhail says, and secondly, um, the urinal example uh, doesn't quite have this problem like the sneakers do, that it must be in an art gallery or an art museum in an institution. It should not leave an institution or a building that is called art gallery. And as soon as it does that, it's no longer an artwork. Do you think the sneaker, whatever you think about the pricing and about the aesthetics, Vanita, would you classify it as a work of art? I would actually, um, and that's probably because my definition of art um, is when the creative process has gone into something. And so whether I find it aesthetically pleasing or whether it's impractical, that is not important to me. The fact that somebody access those creative juices in their brains and you know, produced a piece, whether that be clothing, whether that be a painting, whatever. For me, it's 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 art in motion. And so, I mean, I've had a few discussions around around shoes in particular. Funny enough, um, I think there was there was a, a I think it was a sneaker by Lil Nas X. The second shoe. Yes, that was it that blood shoe. Yes. I'm I'm struggling to access my memory correctly. I'm old most. Um and there was also a you know a quite a, a, a an uproar around the shoes, specifically from from um the Christian community. And I I actually did a little bit of 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 for whatever research that in inverted commas I just googled stuff. <laughs> Let me not use the word research before people come for me. <laughs> 
but there was an interesting part to the to that particular shoe where there was a um there was a bible verse in the shoe on the shoe actually and when i went and read the verse my interpretation of that verse was um and i'm paraphrasing obviously my interpretation of that verse was that the shoe is being used to stomp on the devil um and i found it i found that quite interesting and i and i i sort of came to the conclusion that the 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 christian community that had a problem with the shoe maybe they didn't read the bible verse or didn't understand um the message behind it in and of itself but it was interesting for me that i i considered that to be a piece of art i mean the thought processes that went into just creating that particular shoe um was astounding for me and so with this particular shoe i vacillate between mm, based on on the article that mikhail wrote especially from where the the um the designer was coming from i vacillate between okay i get this but i'm i'm really hung up on sort of the crass commercialization of of pain and poverty and i think that stood out for me probably because of of where i am and the work that i do and i find that that um companies do this all the time you know and under the guise of trying to send out a message um and then just using people's pain to make dollars and i think that to me is is, is the problem yeah what's interesting about that and i, I don't want to go down this hole too much because it's 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 a massive big philosophical area of debate and reasonable disagreement between philosophers who've written about aesthetics and I want us to touch on two other issues before we close the conversation but what's interesting about that Mikhail and and I'm sure you've got views on this is that you know the 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 reality is that the entire art world and massive parts of the fashion fashion industry are exclusionary anyway and that we can't define what is art on the basis of of whether it's woke or not you know you might be able to critique a particular artwork and say it it is appropriation of the narratives of poor people it is gross um and all sorts of other phrases that you might use but whether it counts as a work of art can't be determined by whether you like the politics of the artist and and we got to be careful because sometimes that kind of attempt to introduce way too many criteria for what counts as art can actually come back to bite us in the ass because many many black people's works over the years have often been regarded as not literature not proper art um because those who have power decided to define things in a certain kind of way uh just reflect for me on that a little bit because Ndudu's response I thought was an excellent example of how we take old which is invariably european and white ideas of what is art as a basis for determining what is art and what is not art no and there's and there's a point to be made on that um you know the the, the first time I kind of um really read up on on um the kind of what it, it's it's deemed favela chic or 
um, mm. high peasant. I read that in Bubblegum Club. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it is cosplaying at poor. But a, a friend of mine also posed the question to me and said, and said, why do things have to be affordable? Why can't I make a piece of art and 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 it's really expensive and why does everyone have to be able to to afford it um this is what i'm selling my art for and i kind of and it, and it resonated with me because if you if i'm poor um and i'm a and i'm a and i'm a and i'm a black person and i put tons of myself and my and my and my heart and my creative thoughts and genius into a product and then i price it Yes. Out of my entire community's price range, am I now a sellout because I'm yeah. valuing um, my art and your creative labor? My creative labor at a price point where only, in, especially in South Africa, probably only white people can afford, right? Um, am I now a sellout? Do I have to give shit out for free? Do I have to make things cheap for me to have a spirit of Ubuntu as an artist? Mm. I don't. I don't know, and I don't. I'm not sure, but I mean, there's two sides to tell. It's art is a very, it's a very yeah. airy fairy kind of I, subject. I, I it's, it's not, there's not a lot of conclusive kind of um, things you can have in it. Like I always say, I'm always a critic of Beyonce, right? Saying like she, she always adopts this African kind of flair. She wears the African pendant, but she never tours Africa ever. And like, and Beyonce can afford mm. to drop her prices to to a Nigeria or South Africa or or wherever the case may be. But then I thought, like, no, but why must she do that? That's her fee. That's her fee for performing. I think that's I, I think that's right, Mikhail. I, I think that's right. I've got one last question, but I just want to know, Vanita, whether you're persuaded by that little reflection on Mikhail's part. Surely we can't only consider something art if it is as affordable, Vanita, as I'm sure you've got one in your house that crying white child that is in every black family's house i do not have one of those <laughs> I, we did have a family that plays together stays together so, <laughs> so that was that was affordability a precondition for good art no 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 i don't i don't think so at all and i'm i'm totally okay. with mikhail on this in terms of um, you know, something is priced based on what you want to price it, um, you know. And, and there was an interesting article I saw now the other day about this artist. I'm not sure where because I skimmed through the article. But basically what he did, he was commissioned by a gallery to, you know, paint something. And they paid him a ridiculous amount of money. And on, <laughs> what he produced was an empty canvas and he called it exploitation or, or stealing or theft or something. <laughs> and just, just hung it up in, in the gallery because he took their money and basically gave them an empty canvas. Wow. So, so, so maybe I have, a, I have a career in art if that's what people are, are doing with art these days. But no, I mean, I'm, mm. I'm completely, totally for the idea that I can price something however I want to do it. Um, and I do not have to be considered a sellout um, simply because my community, by and large, would not be able to afford it. And I think I've, I've said this on a few platforms before that yeah. 
we can have, you know, one day I would really want for us to have equality to the point where I can also just be a shitty black person and that's okay. I'll try not to be you shitty. Know? It's nice to have people. Like so, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, now I'm trying, but the, but this whole idea of, of Ubuntu and I need to give back to my community and that is sort of grilled into our heads as, as black folks and then we we kind of lose all of our minds when one of us gets, you know, kind of is able to pull ourselves out of our, our poverty situation, break the cycle, and then never turn around and go back. Look, I think that's true. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. But but as I said to Mikhail in a different conversation he and I had about this work, there are different questions one need to just distinguish from each other, and we, we don't have the space now to go into all of them. But the question... Is this a work of art? Is a separate question from, is this a good work of art? Both of those questions in turn is a very different set of questions from yet another question. Is the artist, the particular artist that produced this work, is he a shitty person or a nice person or virtuous? And you can get all sorts of responses. A shitty person can produce a good work of art. Um, a nice person can produce an ugly work of art. So we've just got to be very clear what questions we are framing and which questions we are not framing. And I think that's another reason why, Mikhail, I really enjoyed your article so much. Second last question. I've been thinking about this for the last week, and I, I couldn't think of an easy way of articulating it, but I'll have a bash at it. We often, Vanita, you can start first, we often have this critique of appropriating narratives, and we use that as one way to morally critique the behavior of, of people and say, don't appropriate culture, don't pro appropriate the experiences of, of so-and-so. But then I thought to myself, I, I think that's right. But we also got to be careful in our wokeness to not unintentionally be anti-woke ourselves. Are poor people, is it, if someone lives under conditions of poverty, like many of the the women that are abused that you work with, Anita, that you have to rescue, many of them are homeless. But homelessness isn't their identity. It doesn't define who they are. So if someone else, as an artist, draws on themes such as poverty, war, I wonder whether it's, it's, it's right to say they are appropriating someone else's culture or experiences. Because when we do that, we, we basically reduce vulnerable people to their circumstances, don't we, Vanita? Yeah, I I would I would agree with you on that. Um and it's and it's a a practical challenge that I myself have to deal with on a daily basis. And I think I, I maybe we need to look for a different word um to appropriation for, for what we're trying to accuse people yeah. of doing and that might not be the correct word because let me just make an example, for instance. Mm. As you know, we work with survivors of GBV, victims and survivors of, of gender-based violence. And one of the things that we are always approached for is survivor stories, um, which we as an organization do not do. We do not do that at all. Now, I was in a, I was yeah. in a, a session not too long ago where we discussed having survivors talk about their own stories. And we were, you know, in agreement at first, as in, no, we are not going to do that. And then we were 
then we were talking about, but are we removing people's agency to speak for themselves? And I think it's a it's a it's a very it's a very mm. slippery slope. For instance, we help mm. we work with people who live on the street. So we do blanket drives, um, and we're about to do one this winter. And one of the things that we do is we do talk to people on the on the street. We do um we do do some video recordings and and things like that. And the challenge that we have is, you know, people are yes, you need to get consent. But then the question is, based on the power relationship, how valid is the consent? How do I actually confirm that the person really, really, really wants to tell their story and is not just doing that because I'm giving them a blanket and, you know, some warm food, et cetera, et cetera. And so it becomes a a, a tight rope that we have to walk because I'm out here and people would look at me and say, I'm appropriating um, survivor stories because I'm talking on their behalf, but we are also trying to to protect. And then there's the issue of, am I removing somebody's agency in my attempt at protection in inverted commas? You know, so I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm not really yeah. sure. I think you've, you've, I think you've summarized the complexity really well. And, and I guess it is up to this designer who designed the sneaker to really think about what the impact of his work and speaking about his work would be in relation to those refugees that are left behind or are, are at a different point in their attempt to recover their own humanity and, and weren't as successful as he is. Mikhail, the last question goes to you about your three articles you've written. And I just want you to, I suppose this could have been the first question, but I'm also glad I left it to last. Why is it important for someone who's a political animal to care about this conversation? And, and why and how do questions of fashion relate to politics because someone might think that this is a conversation only private school model c sacred heart college kids can have if you're an alex you don't really give a damn but you are deeply political and you come from a very political family um why is fashion not a conversation theme that should be should be left to only a few people to have um i mean primarily because Everyone wears clothes. If you wear clothes, you are taking part in the fashion industry, whether you like it or not. Um, I mean, there's that like iconic monologue by the character Miranda Priestley in Devil Wears Prada about no matter how you want to frame yourself as taking yourself too seriously to care about fashion, the garments on your back were probably chosen for you by a group of people in a room four years before you 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 saw them. So if you wear clothes, you are part of the fashion industry. They are they they serve many different functions. One is to robe you, to clothe you, to protect you from the elements. Um, the other is so that's the functional thing. I mean, shoes are meant for walking. Um, a jacket is meant for keeping you warm. So they are very functional. They are extremely, extremely um, necessary in your everyday life. 
then there's the 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 more layered kind of meaning of fashion and pardon the yeah point. yes and the style um um for example with politicians uh optics are often the leading factor in in whether someone's mm. decision sways your way or the other way you know i mean for example the same way even yeah. if a politician smokes you don't want to be seen smoking um if a politician um the the outfit that they wear they they saying something they are saying something before they even open their mouths um when Julius Malema likes to rock the 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 red beret and the overalls you know we immediately think oh revolutionary disruption but when he wants to be statesman like he doesn't dress like that he dresses in, in fine suits we've seen mm. it on tv um and it mm. says something so i think mm. number one if you wear clothes sorry to break it to you you are inter- you are interacting with the fashion industry mm. um uh number two yeah. they are they 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 are literally the visual representation of yourself whether you like it or not whether you like it or not Absolutely. before yeah. you you open your mouth mm. so someone for example which comes comes back to the paris sneaker You know if you for the untrained eye I suppose if someone had to be seen walking through Hyde Park and this actually happened to me because I like grunge the grunge aesthetic the kind of but more rugged aesthetic um I'm wearing maybe some high fashion cool items right walking through Hyde Park I'll chances are I'll be and that that's maybe one reason amongst many chances I'll be I'll be followed around the store to make sure i'm not stealing anything because i kind of maybe look like a, a vagabond or a vagrant or whatever the case may be when in reality this is mm. extremely high fashion um so it mm. just conveys so many conveys so many messages with without any words being said that um it's a discussion whether you like it or not that's always happening about you around you to you um and then you know if you like fashion from you so Yeah it's all encompassing and really. As you've beautifully yeah that there was st- stunning. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll add one there and and I don't know whether this is a stretch. I mean I would I would push to challenge ourselves by also adding another way in which fashion is political that you ought to I would use the ought language you ought to care because just as we had to deal in the 80s and 90s sharply for the first time with child labor that goes into the making of cheap t-shirts that get get dumped here just as the president tells us of the state of the nation exploiting politically exactly in the way that you are mentioning mix the value chain of local production by saying my suit was made just down the road you got to ask questions about where the stuff on your body comes from and it may be a loss when you are worried about water and electricity but our lives are complicated isn't it and just as we are told you need to know where your diamond comes from or how many children died in the making of your cell phone um similarly the value chain of fashion is complicated and if you care about injustices for example then you should at least occasionally ask questions about your wardrobe 
No, of course. Uh, um, I mean, sustainability in fashion and it, it kind of is sustainability, as I would say in today's day, is fashion. It is the same thing that they are taught as kind of the bottom line in fashion school and stuff like that. So um, it's, it's, but look here, guys, let's just be honest. It is tough modeling your entire life trying to be a social justice warrior. Sure. You can protest. Yeah. You can protest your <laughs> to your heart's desire. If you own a uh, an iPhone, then guess what? You you have taken place in child labor. You know what I mean? Or or or, or you know, yeah, you implicated. Yeah, impl you're implicated. So it's it's hard to model your entire life, especially if you live in like a kind of a metropole like Johannesburg or something like that, around being a, so a social a social justice kind of activist. But I think that just in terms of the greater, the greater kind of threat, um, you know, climate, climate wise, I mean, the textile industry is, I think, top five or even top three of the leading causes of waste um, and water waste and, and fabric waste. So, I mean, this, it goes back to, to overfishing and overfarming and stuff like that. The, the onus really is on the big corporations. It's not on the consumer. No matter how many upcycled garments you buy, you're not going to make a dent in the landfills in Ghana. But, but um, the, the, the conversation is there. The second the consumer doesn't want to buy um, um, fashion um, garments that were mm. unethically you know, produced, then the, the 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 market will slowly deteriorate. So, and I always think there's nothing wrong in being conscious. Um, I think it's can, it can be a burden, sure, but I mean, you're a little bit more free than you were yesterday if you think about that type of stuff. Hundred so, percent. This has been a stunning conversation, guys. I'm going to end it there. The limited edition Paris sneaker is a great laugh when you look at it, um, and clearly. Once you think about it, it gives rise to so many different questions, aesthetic questions, questions about capitalism, questions about exploitation or not. Whose narrative is it anyway? And if you overcame hardship, is it wrong later in life to go back to your roots in the making of your product as an adult now that you have a new life for yourself? And then, as you heard in the last couple of minutes from Vanita and Mikhail, both there are also really interesting and important political questions that are enmeshed with questions of fashion. And I think that is a good reason to not overlook the quote-unquote lifestyle or arts supplements in your local newspaper, because chances are you might miss an opportunity to read an essay like the one Mikhail has written. Mikhail and Vanita, thank you so much for coming on. I've thoroughly enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And again, um, Mikhail, a really, really, really wonderful article. It's definitely thought-provoking. And I'm glad, Eusebius, you got us together to discuss this. I really appreciate it. I will not be buying that sneaker, though. Not because, not because <laughs> I cannot afford it, but just on principle. Yeah, I won't buy it for a different reason. It's ugly as hell. Even if it was at pep stores, I wouldn't buy it. <laughs>